This episode of Juggalo Judgment is a discussion about the Insane Clown Posse's rise to stardom in the pre-Wraith era. Not much listener discretion is needed here unless you just really don't care about ICP. Yes, in that case, that listener discretion is advised. Juggalos, juggalettes, and those who don't identify as such. This is Juggalo Judgment, where two friends take time out of their busy schedules to sit down, listen to, and analyze music of the Juggalo variety. We're joined by our hosts, Mike and Shmeev. <laughs> Got no warning for that. <laughs> I do my pause, like, with my breath and look over to you, and I'm just like... Okay. <laughs> Start doing it. I'm like, well, I just got to keep going at this point. And you did it. You did. It. You, you, you made you made it through. I wanted to do that. Once. Like I was just like, I want to do this. Just see what it. happens. Got the cadence almost perfectly down. So yeah, you know, who knows? Slight variance. practice makes it's perfect. It's all right. What's this, up, y'all? Yeah, what's going on? Um, so we have a super duper special, awesome episode. We do coming at you. We uh, we talked about this uh, last episode. We've thought about if, it for a long you, time. If, prayed if, about it. <laughs> prayed. <laughs> we prayed that we'd get this far. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, I prayed that we'd get here sooner. <laughs> that's no, that is very true. <laughs> For for those for <laughs> peek behind the curtain, whenever we started this uh, this show way back way back last year, she was like, "Oh yeah, I only got to wait until four episodes in to get to an episode that I know or a, a record I know, aka the Great Malenko." And I was like, "Dog, there's shit in between there. You're gonna wait a minute." It's like it was eight, episode ten, eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we said we were gonna do damn near everything. I made sure of that. <laughs> um, if you're a new listener. Okay, this is an interesting time to to pop yeah, up, but it's, it's okay. Just want to jump into, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, sure. There's, there's, you're gonna get a little taste of things. You're going to get uh, a, a quick listen things. to some to some ICP, uh, yeah. and you know the regular format, and yeah. it's gonna be followed up with a little bit of like, you know, it's actually a pretty good one because we're gonna get a, like a little bit of a deep dive. This is better, another more of an introduction. This to is us, the I guess. spark notes. Yeah. Of, like, ten years. Yeah. And if you're a returning listener, thank you very much for coming back. It's we nice super appreciate back. it. So, yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a different format than what we're, we're, we've are we're been doing, uh, yeah. with the exception of, you know, obviously our commentary track um, for Big Money Hustlers. <laughs> so, we're going to do a bit of a, of a quick-ish uh, history of ICP from the first ten years or so of their time as Insane Clown Posse. We want to paint a picture for you of what the clowns look like at this time in their careers and where they came from uh, yes. before the sixth Joker's card, which would whatever the hell happens in that, yeah. was dropped. Um, and we do have some some tracks to talk about. Um, I got uh, I have the Wraith Sampler, um, which my copy actually is signed by Isham. <laughs> Weird. I got it on eBay and somebody put it for that. I guess that was supposed to help sell it more. I got it for like 17 bucks. He gets shouted out, but he does not appear in it. Nope. Um, and two tracks that are from other compilations that I still think are very interesting and, and deserve note uh, because they weren't featured on anything else. Um, so what do we want to do? Do we want to go in the music first or do we want to talk about the, the history? Uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's go through some history. Why okay. the hell not? Let's All talk right. about it. Uh, Jay also goes through history in one of the tracks that we have here. Which will, when we get there, we'll probably just leave that running in the background while we go over some shit. So. I guess, sure. Fuck it. Um, so, 
ICP. Yes. Joseph Bruce and Joseph Usler. Yes. Two kids living in the outskirts of Detroit. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Should we, should we do this now? I, I think we should Let's do it do now. now. You know? Sorry about this, because last, last episode, we had the problem of we didn't do our proper introduction. I, we always do it right before the tracks start. That's and why. And the tracks take a long time to get to. And that's we're doing that again here. So, so. no, we're, we're, we're correcting that. What do we do every episode? We crack open a motherfucking Fago. What flavor you got, dog? I got me a classic fucking red pop. And I'm going with a cotton candy that you've supplied me. Courtesy of Ohio Sheets. Oh, shiz. Yeah. Shoutouts to Stowe, Ohio. Oh, Ohio is the first place I actually had cotton candy. Oh, shit. Because we were on our way to something, and we stopped at a rest stop, and they had cotton candy Fago in <laughs> in the freaking uh, uh, vending machines. And we scrounged up, like, a dollar's worth of change from my car <laughs> and got it. And it was like, this is glorious. It's so good. Let's crack these so bitches let's open. Crack it open. Mm. Delicious. Lovely. All right. Now back into it. Joseph Bruce <laughs> and Joseph, Joseph Utsler. <laughs> Two kids growing up on the outskirts of Detroit. That the outskirts. I mean, they're around there. Yeah, a bit. Anyway, they're close enough that you know, the mayor will like still do things that affect it's, them. It's like me claiming <laughs> Pittsburgh whenever we're still like a half hour trying to And in that same vein, whoever the fuck <laughs> our mayor is <laughs> will fuck our shit up too. <laughs> Pretty much. But you got these dudes who were like, eh, we're going to be gangbangers. Yeah. Then they're like, oh no, all the members of our gang are just peacing out because <laughs> it's, we're not good at it. Was Jump Steady with them Like whenever they started out doing that? Or was he, was he off? I don't think that he was. I mean, him and Joe obviously have like... Closer ties whenever Joey was or Joe was a little bit younger. This is Jay. Oh, Jay, sorry. <laughs> let's just um, let's not refer to them by their names, Joe, which are the same. Joey. Joe, <laughs> Joey, there is a difference. But anyways, um, Jay has said before that like Jump said he had his own friends, like especially because he played like D and D and whatnot. So yeah, he was hanging out with that group. More How much older is he than Jay? It's at least a couple years. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's that's like a normal thing. Like, my brother had five years on me, and we were pretty, like, split for stuff. Like right, that. right. So, I mean, it's got to be around there. But, I mean, I don't even know. The thing was, is Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope weren't even, they didn't even try to be rappers at first. Jay was yeah. trying to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. And... Just for some reason that fell through. I don't even know what it was that like got him to try rapping. <laughs> oh, the fact that some person that he knew got like one of those like like karaoke style machines, yeah, and they would like set it up to where they could record with it. Mm-hmm. Like Jay was hanging out with somebody who he did not like, <laughs> but kind of just like used him for that. Yeah, you know. You know, and then you do what you can to get by when you're a kid. Right. And remember, Insane Clown Posse started out as three members, um, the one being... John uh, Kickjazz. Yeah, John Kickjazz, which was uh, T-Dub's older brother. Yeah. And then Kickjazz was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and T-Dub was like, fuck it, he wasn't that good anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been two members ever since. And, Strong you know, words. 
Is that Joey Utes? That is what has been said. Um, you know, they hooked up with Alex to you know manage them on the uh, on the recommendation of Jump Steady oh, while Jump he was uh, deployed. Mm-hmm. They, um, they sent him tracks, and he was like, "Yo, hit up my dude." Right. Um, and then eventually they started working with Mikey Clark, who was not. Who was basically working with a bunch of fucking people from Detroit. He was a go-to guy of sorts. Yes. Um, it, he was one of those guys who apparently could do something in his fucking sleep. <laughs> like, while somebody was messing around with one thing to make sure, like, oh, this vocal's right or whatever, he's there making a track for somebody else, like, mm-hmm. just in the background, which is an incredible talent to have. The dude is wicked. And, I mean, shit, he's still doing stuff to this day, which is amazing. Yeah. Like... Hey, I might not like the song too much, but you know that big fucking Kid Rock song that came out, like, how many years ago, that all summer long? Guess who did work on that? And said that was his idea. Mikey Clark. Like, he did stuff on that. Incredible. It's sad because, like, it's a good mashup of, of some of some songs and stuff, but god damn it. I always just want to hear Werewolves of London whenever I hear it. Like, <laughs> just, just fucking be Werewolves of London one of these times. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, obviously they started working with each other more and more consistently. I think it's by the time of Rotobox or Malenko where Mikey Clark almost exclusively is working with ICP. Um, and it shows in the style that ICP had eventually started to develop. Um, we get more of the songs that have the cartoony circus sound to them and become staples of their, like, their sets and everything. I mean, this is one of the reasons why, like, Box is so highly coveted among old schoolers and whatnot. <laughs> you know? The signing with Jive was yeah. such a, a... It should have been a huge step for them. It, it should have, like, and, probably blown them up a lot more than they ended up doing at that time. Right, right. Uh, and I mean, Box probably should have also gone platinum the that same sh- way that the rest of them did. That should have been their initial Malenko. Yeah. It really should have. At the very least, should have gone gold. I don't know if it has actually been certified. I have no idea. But I think I... that the Ringmaster has somehow, which tells me that the Riddlebox probably did. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. I mean, them getting fucked by Jive, who, yeah. f- to quick summarize, uh, Jive signed them to a contract and gave them $60,000 up front um, for the rights to Riddlebox. Which was the amount of records that they had sold of uh, the ringmaster and what they did was they essentially gave him a dollar a copy but instead of pressing this and releasing it nationwide all they did was sell it to the metro detroit area which icp had already had the market on yeah icp was not making money they, they could have self-produced that and gotten the exact same results exactly so what icp had done then was they took that 60 grand bought three vans threw a dart on a map that landed at dallas painted them up all riddle boxy Went there, pressed samplers, and handed it out. And then that turned Dallas into a clown town. They did that themselves. They were on a label and should not have had to put in that work. Yeah. But they still did that because they to, were determined not to fail. To sell an additional 40k yes. down in Dallas. And it's it's mind-blowing Yeah, that somebody who, again, has a record deal. And Jive was not a small record label at the time. Okay? Jive had... Like, dozens of very popular acts. Fuck, one of the versions of Rattlebox actually has a um, a hidden track, or hidden couple tracks, that feature another band that they were 
trying to help push <laughs> small little band you may have heard of them by Head P.E. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, they, they did like everybody. And it said that Riddlebox, you know, because they put in that extra effort, Jive wanted to, you know, keep them around for another record. And <laughs> you're giving a look. <laughs> I'm just looking up Jive record stuff right now just uh-huh. to see. Uh, they had already done, uh, where was he at? They had, like, R. Kelly and stuff, uh-huh. Tribe Called Quest, Shaquille O'Neal. Ooh, get that Shaq Fu album. Shaq Diesel. Shaq Fu, The Return. Uh-huh. Which I have, shit. I have seen that CD at stores and debated on picking it up. <laughs> um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Hmm. Cool Modine. Eventually, they would have. I think Britney Spears was on Jive. I yeah. believe In Sync. Oh, Kid Rock was on there too. Oh, good figure. <laughs> so, the fact was, is Jive had wanted to keep them on for another record because the people who didn't feel ICP were at that point gone. But Jay was like, "Fuck it, you had one chance. Like we're done." Yeah. And uh, eventually, uh, Jive sold their contract to Hollywood. Yep. Uh, which was owned by Disney. And that that did wonders for them. Okay. They were able to work in a studio. And don't get me wrong, Mikey Clark's equipment was not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But when you hear the, the sound quality difference between Riddlebox and Malenko, it's a night and day difference. Oh, yeah. Malenko still holds up incredibly well. Malenko is a very cleanly produced album. And we said it on our Malenko episode, which that, which had our, our, our lovely friend Rachel on it. That epic length episode. Yes. That I think is... Legendary. It's second longest. Second I think, longest. I think we have surpassed it since I then. I think that uh, Lotus passed it, yeah. if I remember right. Um, we agreed. And I've said this. Malenko is not my favorite album. But if I can separate my feel, like, personal feelings of what I like with what I, as a listener, believe sounds good. Malenko is the go-to album for somebody to listen to and maybe get a jump start on what ICP is about. Okay, You get the content that they typically talk about. You get that musical style that is still very prevalent in their music that they're releasing to this day. Okay. It was a a turning point in their sound, and it contains elements of... All of it. It is, it is a melting pot. It, it is. It really is. And it's it's crazy to think about the people that they were able to get on that record. You have Slash on yep. it. You have fucking... Uh, Guy from the Sex Pistols. Yeah. It's uh, Steve Jones. Steve Weeby. Yeah, sure. Donkey Kong champion. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> fucking Alice... Captain Alice Cooper. fucking Cooper. On the intro. Okay, and obviously that happened because of the connections that they were able to secure through Hollywood. Yeah. The person who actually, like, worked with them was a juggalo, which is awesome. However... Gave him the hookup. However, we all know what happened. The mouse did not approve. The day that the album dropped, (laughs) within hours, every copy that had not sold pulled from shelves. Yep. Okay. And then they were in a bidding war. To get their contracts bought out, which happened to be Island Records, which nowadays is known as Island Def Jam because Def Jam bought Island out. Yeah. And originally, ICP was like, 
cool, we're on Island Records, which is primarily a rock label. Mm-hmm. So we're a little bit different. But then whenever Def Jam bought it, they were like, well, fuck, we're lumped in with everybody else <laughs> who is rap. <laughs> um, and everybody just thinks about the Disney scandal as what helped... You know, create so much buzz, and it did create it, some. It's you can credit that with a decent amount of the buzz for that album and a lot of its success going on. But the I main... would argue that its success in that case probably would not have carried over to the next album like it did if that was the exclusive reason for. It. That's true. Because However, that one that was back to back. That was the back to back platinums. It was Malenko into Jekyll Brothers platinum. Well. I think that Malenko took longer Probably, to yeah. go uh, platinum. Sure. I believe that I think the Jungle Brothers was the first one. But the fact was, is they yes, everybody knows about the Disney scandal. Huh. But the fact that Island made the documentary, yeah, that too, <laughs> and um, had secured a spot on MTV, <laughs> forcing MTV to play it, despite MTV not <laughs> wanting to play it. That helped expose more people to ICP, and that in turn, with the re-release of Malenko in its original form that they had intended it to be put out as, Mm. allowed a lot more people to get into that sound. Now, granted, there are the people who still weren't about the juggalo life and got it because it was popular. You know what? It happens with everyone every fucking year. There's people yeah. who are buying a CD because of the flash in the pan, you know. Oh, I heard about these guys then, blah, 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 blah. That happened with me back in, and this was just a jump start of it. Mm-hmm. Way back whenever I was starting college, I was on MySpace and had seen a short, like, 15-minute video or something about Hollywood Undead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is this about? One day, and I heard the one song, the song Undead, which samples Crazy Train. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And just like a month or two later, their CD was at the store. And I was like, fuck it, I'll try it out. But that was a jumpstart. I was like, fuck, this album's great. I love it. But there's people who were just buying that because they're like, oh, this seems kind of okay. They buy the one CD and that's it. People were showing up to shows not knowing what to expect and clearly being out of their (laughs) element. Now, at the same time, ish, probably a little bit after that, closer to the very late 90s, Mm -hmm. ICP were also checking some other ventures, like being in professional wrestling that they had wanted to do. Mind you, Violent J was self-trained. He never actually received proper training. But they learned some stuff. Yeah. They knew the Rob Van Dam and the Sabu. (laughs) So they had worked within ECW. They had worked within WWF. Yes. Like... The thing, I wonder if any of that stuff is actually on the WWE Network. I don't think it is. That's just very question. unfortunate. I might have to check that out later. Yeah. But, like, there are spots, like, there's a fucking clip of them getting stunned by Steve Austin. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, To the point where they worked with the Oddities. Yep. And then I think worked with Headbangers at one point? Maybe, I don't know. Um, And that was after Malenko, and I think before Jekyll Brothers. Oh. Um, because they weren't being paid to be in WWE. Of course not. They just wanted, uh, WWE to play a commercial of the Jekyll Brothers. (laughs) They were like, listen, if you do that, we'll take that as the promotion. And WWE almost never played it. 
So Violent J and, and Shaggy Tudor decided, well, fuck y'all, you're not doing what we agreed on, we're leaving. And then yeah. they did some work with WCW. Uh, worked with Vampiro, worked with... I think Raven was in WCW at the time. I can't quite remember. Um, but, yeah, like, they wanted to do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they were which, trying to push real hard for their brand. And they were at a point where they could do that. Yep. It wasn't like they were just sitting in Detroit hoping to sell out St. Andrew's Hall. Yeah. They had exposure, and the then pull to be like, hey, we want to do this. Yeah, Can they, we do this? They could negotiate stuff at that point. Right. In 1999, they drop... And granted, we skipped through, like, before, like, Carnival Carnage and Ringmaster. Yeah. With those being purely local, there really wasn't much to say about them. It still helped garner them attention in the Metro Detroit area. Yeah. And get respect from, you know, local people. They worked with Esham, who they viewed mm-hmm. as one of the top, top rappers at the time. Yeah. And, you know? and like we said, like Ringmaster was what sort of pushed them into getting that deal with, uh, with Jive and stuff. Their, their sales on that is yeah. what got them their deal for um, the Riddle Box afterwards. You know, plus the EPs that they had done in between. Uh, they, they dropped Amazing Jekyll Brothers in 1999. Which, we've been over this. That's my favorite record of, of the original six. It It's still, to this day, very, very highly rated by me. And there's problems with it. This is why I said I was able to separate <laughs> what is my favorite with yeah. what I truly, honestly feel is the best. Yeah. there's the People are, are allowed to be subjective about that I stuff. I mean, I... I like plenty of stuff that like probably isn't all that great, but it's like whatever. Right. But if you, but <laughs> it's if you what think, I like. I don't give a shit about anyone else. <laughs> but, if you, but if you think that Riddlebox is the best record, you're wrong. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, it's just Jekyll Brothers released and became their highest charting record to date. Dropped at number four on Billboard. Now, nowadays, Billboard is. Very, very hard to really pay attention to. Yeah. Because nowadays, people don't buy records as much. Nope. People will stream almost exclusively. People will go to a site and pre-save an album. And pre-saving an album apparently also counts towards sound scan and stuff. Oh. I don't fucking know how that shit works. I just want to point out the top ten songs of, uh, was it the decade or is it just last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of them were Imagine Dragons. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Radioactive had to be like one of the. It top was up ones. there. <laughs> Radioactive probably Natural was up there. Wow, that's crazy. Um, I mean that's you know I mean like, I don't have a problem with Imagine Dragons. And if stuff, Gangnam Style wasn't weird. one of the top ones of the decade. I don't remember if it was decade or year, but throwing, it was, uh, I was like some part. Well, it would have had to have been decade because Radioactive was forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, we got Chuckle Brothers, which, again, was kind of just not necessarily piggybacking off of the exposure they got from Riddle, no. or not Riddlebox, uh, Great Malenko, but. It was its own thing and it blew the fuck up. <laughs> it, it really did. Dropping it four is insane, and they've only, they've never beaten that, but they have tied it. Oh, shit. Um, they did tie it. A long time later. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. In a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> I totally believe you. I mean it. <laughs> um, and 
they made a music video for it um, on one of the songs that is just the weirdest possible single they could have with another love song. Um, but that was the record where they were also able to secure like well-known people as well, like rappers on this one. It's the first time we have rappers who weren't associated with Psychopathic in any way, shape, or form on one of their own albums that's in stores nationwide. You know, getting ODB to ramble for three hours and <laughs> decipher something that could be made into a verse. <laughs> getting Snoop Dogg on there. Love it. <laughs> um, was there another rapper on that record? I don't think there was. Uh, Ice-T was cut. Ice-T was cut from it, um, which is sad because the track Dead End was incredible and should still be on that record. But we still get a great-sounding album. Again, Malenko is is kind of like the jumpstart of this is the bare minimum of how their records should sound. Production value-wise, everything. And whether it's the money that was, you know, being thrown at it by Island or just Mike Clark getting new, like, the proper equipment to actually, like, finesse everything to be as perfect as he could make it. Because nothing was getting put put out unless Violent J approved it. Yeah. Like, Mike Clark is kind of just, like, not necessarily third wheel, but he was like, I'm doing what you're telling me to do, and I'll offer suggestions. But Violent J was, like, the, you know, last say in this is what's getting put out. Yeah. Which is why, um, oh, which record was it was supposed to have, uh... George Clinton on it. Yeah. Oh, it was supposed to be uh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, he was supposed to be on Hocus Pocus. Uh, And Mikey Clark was, like, fighting tooth and nail to get it on there. And Jay was like, no, it sounds like shit. It's not going on. (laughs) But with Jekyll Brothers, that helped to kind of spread things out a little bit more as well. In A, new projects they could accomplish that weren't just music. Yeah. And B other potential artists that they could help to grow. Okay? Yeah. They had experimented with Project Born in the early 90s, Mm -hmm. and it flopped. Um, I don't quite recall if Misery was already signed at this point. It may have. And Pedro Ila dropped and was unfortunately not what fans wanted to hear. Yeah. Okay? When you have a, a rapper on a Juggalo label who's not doing anything Juggalo-esque, it was unfortunately doomed from the start. It's rough, yeah. But after extensive touring for Malenko and touring with the House of Crazies, then they signed Twisted, um, which also had a rocky start. Most Tasteless did not take off immediately. Yeah. You know, but... Dropping Most Tasteless on Psychopathic and then bringing it and re-releasing it again on Island with that big-ass sticker saying featuring tracks with ICP, that's obviously going to help sell them as well. Yeah. You know? And that's a highly coveted record that ICP helped to, you know, jumpstart. The movie Demons at the Door featuring the music of of the Insane Clown Posse. (laughs) Big fucking bump. Right. (laughs) Um... We then also get, as we said, like other projects, they decided, hey, Island, we want to make a movie. Yeah. And Big Money Hustlers somehow got churned out. Fucking did it. (laughs) Like, the the biggest thing that, and we've said it before, that can be admired about ICP is the drive. Yeah. I don't think it's there nearly as much today. Oof. 
that that's purely speculation. <laughs> but I mean, they're old. But back then, just the drive to make sure that they couldn't fail seems astronomical to nowadays where, you know, you can get a mediocre computer, make a beat, rap over it, put it on SoundCloud, and if, if people like it, you're going to get hundreds of thousands of listens, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It wasn't like that back in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, like, nowadays, so... I went to see a show in, in Pittsburgh uh, some time back. It was an album release for a band that was releasing their final album. Uh, their front man had passed away before that, and so this was like just the last thing that they were doing. Uh, they gathered together a bunch of artists that he really loved to just get together and do one big show for him. Uh, so cool. One of the people, one of my favorite rappers, fucking Samus, was there. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, at all times, like before shows and stuff, she will have her laptop up either setting up show stuff, producing new shit, or at the time typing up her thesis, she is a doctor now. <laughs> like, it was a whole fucking thing. Excuse me, uh, Dr. Samus. <laughs> There's a whole ch- there, fucking Dr. Samus chance at uh, MacFest. It was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, um, like nowadays, like you can fucking do that. It's amazing, right. and people will just... People just like always on... Some people who have that kind of drive are just always fucking on it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it was it was a different time back then. Right, and Island helped to continue with their exposure. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they fucking played a goddamn Woodstock, <laughs> like Woodstock '99, the shit show that it was. <laughs> ICP played it. Yeah, and like, there's you can go and watch videos of it online. The most popular one is seeing them perform "Fuck the World" live. Beach balls everywhere. Beach balls they had fucking taped like twenties and hundred dollar bills on because <laughs> it was yeah, hot yeah. as fuck and they were they felt bad that they were charging like ten dollars for a bottle of water. Mm. Like concert venues are fucked up. Well, no, apparently so someone told me about this. Mm. The reason why the water and stuff, like beverages and whatnot, were so goddamn expensive is because the person who funded the uh, the event mm-hmm. was also the like owner of the brand of all of that like the the concessions and whatnot. Oh, so he I was mean, just trying to make lots of money by even doing outside very of that. Concert shit. venues are fucked up because all of sure. them will at least do half of that, which is still too much for fucking water. Any amount is actually too much for water at a concert venue where people need hydration. I'm water just going to sh- say that. Water should be free. <laughs> that was the that was one of the coolest things about Warp Tour, was when they had the refilling stations. Mm-hmm. Like, you could bring a fucking bottle I don't and see free how it's, water. I just, don't see how it's fucking legal to have a concert venue where people are not able to get water. Yes. <laughs> so, at this point, ICP have released their fifth Joker's card and still have two uh, albums in their contract, but they don't want they release. don't want to do it because that the the prior year or so had just been a little bit more trying on them. Yeah. Violent J. It should also be mentioned that before Jekyll Brothers had dropped, he had suffered uh, a mental breakdown. He was having panic attacks, and you know, had he not been uh, intervened by some of the other people um, that they were touring with at the time, he very well may have killed himself. He cut off his dreadlocks um, in a fit. Um, and, you know, he was just 
not in a good headspace. Yeah. And that was one of the things that was helping or that was kind of pushing him away from some of the other people that he was touring with. It started to kind of drive a wedge between ICP and Mike Clark. Um, it should be noted that Dark Lotus was dropping around this time as well, which was something that had been hyped up for a handful of years. Um, getting, uh, having Blasian at Homie be a part of the group and Mars, which th- there's many people that consider that record to be a classic and Mars after the very first performance kicked out of the group yeah. with almost no fanfare as to why. Yeah. Um, but ICP were still, they were forced to finish their contract and, and decided uh, to do, they, sorry. to, to get out of the contract, they phoned in the two greatest ICP <laughs> albums of all time. Yep. Bizarre and b- bizarre. Bizarre, bizarre. Oh, sorry, it's bizarre and bizarre, right? Oh, and, and real quick, it should be noted, we did find out, uh, just last week what it was did we announced. Find out? Uh, it was announced uh, the the gathering this year. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> so t- just just to to break this apart real quick, we found out that the gathering is going to be held in Garrettsville, Ohio, which is this is the first time it's been at that uh, space since two thousand four. Oh, this place is just over an hour away from where we are located. It is, and. I apparently still don't have my full Juggalo card because I've never gone to the gathering. It's true. You're not a real Juggalo. I'm not a real Juggalo, apparently. And I'm being it's told... Jay's words. I'm being told that there's no excuse to not go this year. <laughs> um, also, it seems like the theme for it is Bizarre Bizarre. Yeah. Um, which just turned 20 last year. Yeah. So, meanwhile, we couldn't get a fucking 20th uh, anniversary Juggalo Brothers tour, but... Nah. Let's talk about Bizarre Bizarre. I couldn't, I couldn't get the fucking uh, bitches re-release that I wanted. Just all three hours of I wanted it. Of ODB. I wanted it. I tweeted at Mike Clark, <laughs> and somebody else was like, yeah, I want that too. <laughs> so, but that's that's neither here nor Where's there. Where's the audio, Mike Clark? Moving on. The fuck is it? Bizarre Bizarre would be the last ICP release that Mike Clark would work on. Um, Ever. MEC uh, would... Do I think it's a, at least four tracks for Dark Lotus, but other than that, he did nothing else. Um, they started to uh, they, they decided to bring somebody else in. They found Mike P, um, who produced a handful of tracks that show up on Forgotten Freshness Three, uh, yep. and I think also uh, Pendulum. Um, and uh, we also got um, Fritz the Cat uh, doing a lot of work with Twisted, and uh, I believe uh, Blaze as well. Yes. So, the fact is, is ICP went from nothing. Literally nothing. To nothing with money. (laughs) And what I say with that is they worked harder than so many people could conceive Mm -hmm. to get a record deal. And they got Three different ones. Yep. <laughs> and each one of them did not pan out the way they were hoping to. Yeah. I mean, like, of of the ones that they got, I, I feel like Island did a lot for them. Yes. Um, I, you know, their biggest issue was just they didn't want to release the fucking six Jokers card on it. They, mm-hmm. wanted, to, they wanted to bust out of that and release independently. And you know what? Cool. Good on them. It, it seems like Island did not 
give ICP as much priority as mm-hmm. when they first grabbed them. And that became the issue. Whenever they merged with Def Jam, again, you've got all these other rappers that are on that label already. Yeah. And are these people who are going to work directly with ICP? Probably not. No. Now, granted, nowadays, I, 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 I appreciate the fact that when I look nowadays and see, you know, quote-unquote hip-hop legends, or at least people that I feel were very, very big names in, like, the 90s and early 2000s, you wouldn't have seen them work together back then. Or if you did, it was fucking monumental. Yeah. But nowadays, it's like, man, wish we would have gotten a link up back then. It would have been so cool. And it comes with... And sometimes it does happen. It's a lot easier to make that happen nowadays. You know? Especially with how mixtapes are. Like, you can yeah. get anybody on a fucking mixtape. For sure. So, the fact is, is, I mean, if you look nowadays, people that, you know, had some of that... Um, exposure back then are able to get with people nowadays. I, I hear, you know, some artists, there's an artist that I, that I enjoy, um, Chris Webby, mm-hmm. um, who does kind of some nerdcore stuff, but not, he's not like lumped into, I have some of this stuff. Yeah. It's a couple tracks here and there, but like he, he has, has the tracks, aesthetic in, in a lot of his stuff, but he has tracks with like, like he has a track with method man. Oh shit. Um, like, just a lot of people, and maybe nowadays, just because these people are like, I have the ability to, you know, work with these newer kids or whatever. Yeah. You know, or work with, you know, whoever I want because I'm in a position where I just can. So yeah. why not do it? Some people really do, like, approach things like that. I mean, they just decide, like, like you can you can do some weird shit and just be like, hit somebody up, like, hey, you want to do a thing? Like, I don't know who the fuck you are, or I, I don't know you personally, but I know you are, and you're pretty cool. You want to, like, uh, collaborate on a thing? And sometimes they'll just be like, yeah, sure, let's go. Yeah. It's it's weird, because, I mean, you have that... You, you, back in the day, you needed, like, to know somebody who knows somebody. Nowadays, it's like they're just on the fucking internet, and you can just kind of... You can send a tweet. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've seen stuff where it's like, hey, yo, when are we going to do this track? And somebody was like, yo, send me the beat and we'll do it. Like, yeah. shit like that. Like, it's that fucking... You don't have to go through everyone's fucking manager now. Yeah, nah. But back then, like, you... That was the only way to get shit taken care of. For real. So, it's it's interesting to see them go from respecting a lot of these people from afar than getting to work with them directly. Yeah. But then putting themselves in a position... Where they were their own bosses again. Yeah. Also, I want to back up a, l- a little bit. If I was going to speculate anything, I feel like the uh, the reason why Island may have uh, stopped paying attention to them as much is because after two solid platinum releases, they may have burned all the goodwill on Big Money Hustlers. That is very possible. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Big Money Hustlers may have been the first and also final straw. It's, it's- <laughs> Maybe possible, <laughs> and also, I mean, it, it, it begs to, to to question. And we pointed this out whenever we did the three episodes in a row. Bizarre, bizarre, and freak show by Twisted all dropped on the same day. Which, yeah, that's a foolish maneuver. It's one thing to drop a double album, mm-hmm. but to put out three and hope that everybody's going to buy them and two of them that look like they're the same album. Yeah, it's not amazing. Way way back in the day, there was a a company called um, 
Wizards of the Coast who did this. <laughs> uh, they competed with themselves by releasing two versions of a game that some of you may have heard of called D&D. Uh, basic D&D, like the original D&D was released and AD&D was released at the same time, competing in the market with it. It's fucking self. <laughs> so smart. And they also didn't know how to price things, and so they folded. Ugh. Was that was that Wizards? It was whatever. No, oh, Wizards is still going on. Uh, TSR is the uh, some realms, whatever. Wizards bought them out. That's right. I was about to say Wizards is still around. It's my bad. Wizards makes Pokemon cards. It was TSR. They're doing fine. <laughs> they're they yeah, you know. Doesn't Wizards do magic as well? Yes. Okay. That, that's why I was, I they're was doing like, fine. <laughs> Hasbro bought them. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, I mean, ICP just put themselves in a position of we're on our own. Mm-hmm. We have a distribution deal now. They sure do. And but we are our own bosses. Yep. We can basically do what we want without any real consequence. They they have a very dedicated fan base. And um which is crazy. Like way back when when Carnival Carnage dropped, 17 copies. It's it's a joke. It's yep. it's it's just you hear that so, like when you hear like blah 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 like still I think to this day it's never been broken but the most records sold in one week on on one on like week one one point seven six mil Shit. marshmallows LP okay uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that was in nineteen ninety nine so I don't or two thousand rather. Um, I don't know if that's been beaten yet, but that was the long-standing record for a very long time. There's records that have sold more, like, overall, yeah. but for first-week sales, 1.76 mil. Fucking bonkers. 17? Like, it's a bonkers low number. Yeah. <laughs> but, it had to start somewhere. Yeah. And they didn't stop from that. Like, they, they didn't go, like, well, maybe it ain't Plank- just Playing the same uh, venue, you know, multiple weeks to mm-hmm. help, like, get exposure, you know, you know, you have people show up, you know, and there's like a dozen people, but you hope that they enjoy it and then maybe bring their friends next time Yep. to where they're selling out shows. Okay. To where you have thousands of people at a venue for the gathering Yep. that you've created that have a bunch of different musical artists, games, like fucking Ferris wheel, like all this kind <laughs> of shit. Okay. For, for, from, from two people who just hoped maybe we'll make a dope record. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of people can say that they'd be able to do that. Right. There's people today that consider ICP a joke and you know what? That's fine. They're cl- they're p- they're middle aged men painting their faces, <laughs> rapping. Yeah, white middle aged men. Yeah, <laughs> but you cannot take away from them what has been accomplished. Yeah, uh. in the span of ten years. Okay, and I mean, say what you will about white rappers, majority of them not good and probably shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> What do I know? I am a white male. I don't... I don't rap. I just appreciate the songs that sound pleasant to me for whatever fucking reason. Yeah, shit. But this music has reached out to 
dozens upon dozens upon dozens of people that there's people who are coming from so many different walks of life that wouldn't maybe not have a single thing in common. Yeah. But the music is something that they can identify with. Mm hmm. And that has formed bonds that a lot of people don't get. Yeah. They made a, a real fucking connection to a lot of fans and stuff. And they, they had that very dedicated fan base because of it. And it's, it put them in a position at this time where they could, they, like, like we said, they could afford to leave the record label and do something on their own and take a, take a chance on self-producing something mm -hmm. that like, if it was to go south, like, it could have been bad. <laughs> and we have to... We like have they to may have... They probably actually would have survived it, even if it took a dive. But, mm -hmm. I mean, like, it would have been a hit to them. But, I mean, they could do something with relative certainty that they'd put it out there, it would sell well, and they'd be living the high life again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, again, it's a testament to their drive. Mm-hmm. Their inability to accept defeat. They tasted defeat. Oh, yeah. But they would not let that be what stopped them. Nope. And again, over a course of 10 years, millions of records sold. Mm-hmm. And the fan base dedication, they were in a pretty good place. Yeah. It just... And shit, I mean, that... We're talking about 2002. This is 2020 right now when we're talking about this. Yes. Okay. That was, like, I mean, fuck. If you're thinking about it, them starting in 1992, ICP has been going on for now 28 years. Yeah. Give or take. So 12 years is not even half of their career. Nope. And some people are going to say that that was, you know, the best years of their time. And have not gone any farther. But that's subjective. But then they also have plenty of, like, their fan base who either started, you know, later in that mm -hmm. or continued on from there who will be like, no, they're wrong. <laughs> you have the people who did not even know who the fuck they were in the height of that popularity. Yeah. People like, I don't know, at least one of us talking right now. <laughs> A.K.A. Me. <laughs> so, and and not even just ICP. I mean, at this point, they like had that you're to. acting like I was like all into ICP. Yeah, you, that. the long-standing juggalo. You at time. You saw Rotobox when you were two. I mean, I was there for <laughs> fucking dog beats. Yeah, basement cuts even. Basement cuts, motherfucker. I was there for it. <laughs> I was right there in Detroit. <laughs> I was on the uh, manufacturing line, building cars and stuff, and out of nowhere, this dude <laughs> in a gas mask with a shotgun is like, he didn't say anything, but he 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 kind of like gave me a look that said, "Hey man, check out this CD," <laughs> and he chucked a copy of Basement Cuts, and I was like, "All right, man, I'm like, gonna give it a listen." You're like, "Thanks, I hope that's a prop shotgun." And then he like back flipped out <laughs> and Ninja Tactics, yeah. <laughs> I could hear the chips theme playing. <laughs> <laughs> so I listened to it, and that song—you know, the one on Basement Cuts—that song that I know so well, and that you—I've I've shown to you. Yes, you know, that one. one. I do. It was—it was good, and I liked it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
way back in the years when I was negative two years old. <laughs> so, I, I think that that's a that's a pretty good, yeah, established that, history that that gets us up to right now to right now where the wraith has not been released yet. No, but we're going to tease in it. But we're going to talk about a couple couple songs here and there. Um now I mentioned about their their time in the wrestlings. Yes. And in the woof the the woof. <laughs> not the wee. No, no, no. The they were they were strictly in the woof. ICP for the Wii Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's literally a change.org that happens every fucking year. Really? Yes, people are trying to petition to get ICP in the Hall of Fame, and it's like, fucking why? <laughs> don't do it. They've got Kid Rock in there, so don't don't bother. Yeah. There's Donald Trump in there. Don't fucking bother. Oh, don't disparage the good name of ICP by putting them in the WWE Hall. <laughs> that good name. But they were... Basically, hype men and sometimes wrestlers for the group, the oddities. I have seen them drop a leg off of the top rope and yep. get disqualified. Get somebody disqualified many times. Do you know what Violent J's like finishing move tended to be, or one leg of his drop. signature moves? Leg drop. Fucking moonsault. Yeah, dude nice. would moonsault. They weren't bad moonsaults. <laughs> like go Violent J. Right on. But they made a song that we actually heard last episode. We did. So what happened was. We listened to the song uh, The Great Show, which, um, upon hearing it, sounds like it should have been on uh, The Amazing Jekyll Brothers record. Um, just the style of it, like the sound quality, it really has that kind of sound. But there were lines in it that were clearly taken from that and applied to other songs, which tells me that it was a earlier Jekyll Brothers track. Yes, and it was cannibalized to make other ones. Pretty much. But what they did was they took that song and repurposed it. They uh, basically changed the majority of the lyrics. I'd say probably about 75% of the lyrics are a little bit different. Um, and it's almost entirely a clean song now. Oh. Um, but they would reuse it and call it The Greatest Show and it was the theme for The Oddities. And they would perform this sometimes <laughs> On their way to the ring. Yep. So play a little bit. get into it really quick so yeah i mean they just changed up the lyrics a little bit here and there but again this song is a lot more clean there's actually only one legit swear word in here hmm. but it is censored oh uh, i think i the, know what you're talking about at the very end of the second verse which the is shaggy said it has a little back mask on it uh, yeah. yeah um I don't remember he what. says the he said the, the phrase it sounds like uh, you little shit uh, okay but shit is back masked yeah um but I heard this song first before I heard uh, the other version, mm -hmm. uh, The Great Show. This CD... this Because at, at this time in your life, you were grabbing WWF albums before... 
Not necessarily. No. No. So here's the thing. This is featured on WWF The Music Volume 3, uh, which came out in, I think, 98 or 99. 98. I found this at a half-price books. The one that shut down over in Robinson. Oh, damn. For a dollar. And I bought it strictly because it had this song on it. (laughs) Because it's the only thing it's featured on. Um, yeah, ICP have never been able to put this version on any of their records because they don't have the rights to it. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I bought this CD strictly because it had the oddities and that's why I heard this version before the other one. The other one is still good, but I have a, a more like more nostalgia for this one because I listened to it so much and it's just such a fun song. Like I can just listen to it whenever and it's fun. It's bouncy talked about it last time i just think of the lyrics for this one just work a little bit better and also because of the fact that the great show the other version um has those lines that got used for other ones i still think of those lines in those songs yeah that one yeah and it's just annoying it's a stretch it's one thing when you take that line and use it as a callback yeah um which we talked about before but Mm. it's just weird whenever it's like when you know that this was like kind of a first draft song yeah it doesn't quite work there but so. uh, from there, we have the Wraith Sampler. Yes, I grabbed the Wraith Sampler. I said this, I got it on eBay. Um, saw another one on eBay recently, and I was like, that'd be cool to have another copy, because, <laughs> hey, those samplers, whenever you get them, that like that's it. <laughs> it's not like, fast forward, but in 2009, whenever they were um, uh, pressing samplers for Bang Pow Boom, mm-hmm. I went to a Hot Topic, um, because I was where they were getting them there. And I was like, hey, I see those, and I really want one. Can I get two, one so I can keep it sealed? And they were like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, two weeks later, they just had big fucking stacks of them. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, did you get one? I was like, yeah, I got one last time. He's like, oh, here's another. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. He (laughs) tossed in three more. (laughs) I was like, all right, fucking cool. Man, I wish it was so easy to get samplers like <laughs> nowadays because no one ever fucking presses physical ones. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, so we're gonna uh, go into this. There's four tracks on it. Yep. And only one of them is really an original song. Yeah. Um, but it's still a really cool one. We're gonna get a essentially solo track by Violin J, and this is called "Simple and Blunt." <laughs> Check it out. Another fucking sampler, I won't even front I'll fucking tell you all about our shit, simple and blunt And if you take the time to listen as I run this down Maybe you might even dig our shit and understand a wicked clown We forever underground, cause up on the surface They've always said we talentless pieces of shit and worthless Yet, as I'm writing this now, I glance over at the wall And I don't know how, but we got two platinum albums and another four gold And we never used MTV, we went up the back road And built a fan base that's so behind the clown that they'll tell your fucking city in half to show they down But see, that's just it though It ain't a fan base It's a family drawn together like we from outer space I mean, we call ourselves juggalos I guess I'd explain that we relate Cause we've been through the same kinds of pain I mean, ICP don't rap about the money we get Because half the juggalos so broke they stealing our shit And they don't wanna hear about us pushing up bands When they taking fucking greyhounds just to get the gatherings We like it wicked, we keep it wicked like cartoon serial slaughterers on a record it's how we adjust to the pressures of life Let so yeah that's uh, a simple and blunt it is uh it's a very not icp sounding song nah well <laughs> at the time i suppose yeah it's uh it's interesting to hear violin j rapping over just an acoustic guitar simple yeah. beat um 
Although there was that hidden track at the end of one of the bazaars where he's like playing a guitar and yeah. saying, "You bought bazaar." <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's it's sort of a, a just a breakdown. It, it is literally what we were trying to do at the beginning of this album, <laughs> just talking about like, yeah. you know, here's here's the sh- very short version of uh, of what's happened here, and we're we're gonna keep going with it, you know. And they they talk about. I, I do appreciate his shout out to to people stealing their music and stuff, and, and literally just being like, "Yeah, do it. I don't care." Yeah, there's a part where he says, uh, "You know, buy buy our next album. You know, if you can't go in there and you know steal it or whatever." He says, "Steal it and then grab like a, a Britney Spears Britney sticker, Spears. <laughs> like at least buy that or something, yeah. so they don't look at you weird." Um, I can't remember if he if he says the, that in this one or in the other track. The other. Um, the the funny thing though when he first says we never used MTV it's like yeah you did yeah you very oh, much did that was a that was a big thing we did not uh, mention oh. um, on our thing uh, the attempt to get uh, on TRL oh that one yeah I fr- I kind of like my brain just kind of wrapped that up with the shockumentary thing yeah that was later but yeah whenever all the when all bizarre, the jugglers were outside trying to trying to push for let's go all the way let's go all the way and they refused even they though they they probably, refused. Uh, they forced all the jugglers off of the street. Yep. Um, and that was kind of seen as a very, very bad, uh, attempt by Jay to get more popularity. Yeah. Again, and this was at that era, Violent Jay has always said that Bizarre Bizarre is like one of his like lower times. Um, he doesn't, he tends to not really care for those albums from what it seems like. He doesn't care for the original Dark Lotus record, which was around the same time. Really? Oh yeah. He said he doesn't like it. He hates that record because it's so slow. Huh. Um, but yeah, the, the the attempt to get more exposure and popularity for "Let's Go All the Way" by telling Juggalos to a go and call TRL yeah as much as you can, b buy a copy of Bazaar and then buy a copy for your friend when people are <laughs> luck, lucky if they can buy one right like all this so that was the Ray Day thing but that was all because of their uh, their feud with Sharon Osbourne yeah. Ah, oh, good times. So, th- that was just something that I totally forgot, which was also very important to their history, like, mm-hmm. because that was another thing that kind of, like, did get them exposure, but not really, and it was, I know there's a whole, like, hey, publicity is good publicity, but that was kind of... That's not really true. Within you the juggle, within the eyes of Juggalos, that was looked at as a bad time. <laughs> yeah. So. But, uh, I think we can move on. Yep. To this next track, which, <laughs> uh, we'll just say it. Knock to this mix. Guess what? That's all this is. Yep. For over eight minutes. Yep. We get about a dozen or so, something like that. Several um, uh, songs from their past that they just put together as a mixture. The House of Horrors. You get some, uh, bring it, bring it on's in there somewhere. They get, got Piggy Pie. Ter- terrible's on there. Terrible. Um, one of the ones from Bizarre is on there. My Axe is the last one. My Axe. Yeah, I forgot about My Axe. Uh, it's why, no, why it's not one of them. If I. <laughs> yeah, if. If, yeah, if I was, uh, yeah. But, uh, let's, yeah. They do, they do a pretty good job of, like, cutting to di- different songs. Yeah, they do. We'll let this they, one happen. They cut them pretty well. Where you going? Welcome to the House of Horror! 
good. We gotta protest that. Like, <laughs> they did a good job of at least, like, mixing that good, yes. so. And they got a good mix of, like... Terrible! They got a good mix of both of them in there, like, yeah. versus from, from Jay and Shaggy. Yeah, so that's really all it is. And one of the records that we didn't talk about uh, leading up to all this was Mutilation Mix. Oh. Um, and what that was, was it dropped right before Malenko, um, and it is basically about 70 minutes long, and it is kind of a, it's, it says greatest hits that never were hits. Uh, it is we also didn't cover Dark Carnival action figures. It's because I don't have it. I don't even know what the hell it is. Uh, it doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page. Yeah, I think it's on to the discography. You know what, though? I'm learning, fuck Wiko, uh, Wikipedia for this. <laughs> I, I'm looking at Discogs for, for now on. Fair. Discogs is awesome for that shit. And they have a lot of info. But, um... Uh, uh, uh... What was I talking about? What was I just talking about? This song. No. Ah, uh, fuck. Mutilation Oh, Mutilation Mix. Mix. It was basically, like, a greatest hits, but it didn't have the full songs. Uh... It would be shortened versions, which was really bad. frustrating. But it did have two songs that were new at the time. And the one was... I think House of Horrors, because... Forgotten Versus 1 and 2 had not been out yet. Mm. And the Ned game. The funny thing about that is the Ned game. That was also uh, one of the verses of the Hellenists. Yes. That Jay's first verse in it. Yeah, that's right. Um, but the Ned game on um, Mutilation Mix has different lyrics than the one that showed up on oh. the Lenko. It was the original version. Um, and that's the version they perform at concerts. Ludacris should have been on that one. What? <laughs> Every time I hear original version, I'm just like, Ludacris should have been on. Oh, oh, because of uh, all <laughs> I'm I so hood. Oh, I'm so hood. <laughs> he, he references it in both of them. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, we didn't talk about uh, the Nen game, like the original, original one. Um, yeah. But that's the one that they they tend to perform at concerts, and that's honestly the one I've listened to way more. Huh. Uh, I've never heard it. Because Shaggy's verse is like, pretty different, and I kind of like it a lot. <laughs> I'll send it to you one day. But yeah, there's nothing else special about this one. It's it's over eight minutes long. Yeah, it's just a little sampler mix. Yeah, I can see why people will want to listen to it. It's actually very, very smart. If you're giving samplers away like at record stores, mm -hmm. this is not a bad way to get people to maybe consider looking into what the older ones were. And people had the internet at this time, so they could type in lyrics and, you know, find out, okay, well, what was that one where they talk about, you know... Uh, his his axe. Yeah, <laughs> what could that be? Seventy three results. <laughs> my axe is my buddy, and then you find my axe from Bazaar. It's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna get this CD. There you have it. Like that works. It's just it's kind of weird whenever you get a sampler and it doesn't have anything from the new record. Yeah. So we'll move on. Uh, this next track. This is track three of the sampler. This is Juggalo Chance. Jay does a very good job of whenever he has a very soft-spoken voice, there's a certain way to it yeah, that just makes you pay attention a little bit more. November 5th. It's the really he, he can turn on a good low voice for stuff. Mm -hmm. Is it the end of the world? Like basically how he rapped on uh, Echo Side. Where nobody's like yelling or anything like that. Yeah. His verse and like his verses in that are just 
heard the song yeah uh, it, it builds up as it does as, build. Yeah. We get more guitar in it we get sin uh in the background uh again is the one who's actually singing because he can sing yeah um but that's basically all this is this is a four minute track this music part actually kicks in in a minute and there's some, i mean if you want to like skip ahead a little bit to just see like what else they do with yeah, it sure. let's just uh, yeah let's skip it yeah, pop it up yeah, yeah right there right here yeah we basically get, I think, I'm assuming it's Zug Island. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Lacing up with some heavy, heavy guitars. I, I actually really enjoy this. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I have times where I'll, I'll bet you cut off the intro to it just so you can get to the. Uh... So funny enough, I never have. Oh my god. But this did get re-released on a compilation from a couple years ago, ah. and I think that like they do some ninja voodoo magic and. <laughs> It doesn't have all that in the beginning. But I still have listened to this one, and I'm fine with it for some weird reason. That is very strange. But, yeah, I I have no problem listening to this song. It's I don't care how repetitive it is. Yeah. It's I just mean, there's it, something about it, like... It rolls very it, like, well. Yeah, like... And it that, doesn't... Uh, like, whenever I listen to it, it doesn't feel very long, because, I mean, it's a minute for that intro part of it, and then it's really only three minutes of that part. So, right. I mean, like... it It sounds like the last three minutes of a song at the end of an album. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds like that should have been the end of a record. Like, just a backing part of it or whatever. Yeah. But, um, man, we're breezing through these right now. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I didn't think there would be much to say about them. I They're, was correct. No. So, uh, this, uh, this next track we have, this uh, is the final track of the uh, sampler which was uh, ICP seminar from the gathering of uh, 2002. Um, and just, just go ahead and play that. We'll run this in the background for a bit. Cause honestly, this is legit. This is violent. Jay talking for a while. Yep. And now I'm, again, giving a, uh, giving a brief history of ICP. Yeah. This does have one of my favorite lines that I've ever heard from anything though. Who's going chicken hunting. Uh, yeah, exactly. We, we How did you know? Chicken hunting? Yeah. And then there's people in the background going, Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! And then they all get crowd killed. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just talking about how, you know, we, we did this, we did that. Literally, what we just talked about for 40 minutes. But Violent J says something that I just laugh at. When he calls, when he calls Jive, I think it was Jive, and he says, "Kiss me," and they're like, "What?" He's like, "I said, kiss me. I like to be kissed when I'm getting fucked." Yeah, that is an amazing line, and I hope I get to use that to somebody before I die. Unironically. Now my point is, and it should be stressed too that, like that after Bizarre Bizarre had dropped, ICP did not drop anything themselves until the Wraith. 
They basically, like, kind of went into hiding. They limited, like, any appearances that they did um, publicly. They weren't featured on much stuff, like, from Psychopathic. Like, random stuff here and there. But they were kind of in their own headspace of, we need to know what we're doing yeah. with this final record. And so, like, staying out of the public eye, I think, was probably a very, very smart idea so that they, A, builds that mystique up. And Violent J is all about building up the mystique. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, that, that is why, like, they included zero songs on the sampler from it. He even says in this that he does not want any of it to be heard until it was... Right. Finished and, and and not just that, it just helped. You know I think did the best for them to really love, focus. Right? Yeah, like just fucking focus a bit. <laughs> um, like Shaggy, fucking focus like on writing your goddamn verses. You know, zero in, man. <laughs> but the uh, the cool thing about this seminar is this is when they actually a. Revealed the name yes. of the Wraith, and I think the they also dropped the banner that showed what the Wraith would look like. Oh. When the Ringmaster um, came out, and you can hear like the people, like they're chanting uh, people and people like, excitement for it. It goes crazy. I am amazed at the ability of all of these people in a crowd to be able to do a chant of sixth. Nobody it's a here. difficult word for me oh, yeah. to enunciate sixth, like that. Sixth, sixth is almost two That's syllables. But they're single syllable chanting it at parts of this. I think they're chanting six. No, no, you can hear it. <laughs> you can hear the. F it's in there. Six, 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 six. It's amazing. Oh, that's rough. Well, this is about. Almost four so minutes in. in yeah. Kind of I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, he talks about a lot of shit in here. Yeah. This is 22 minutes and 18 seconds long. You know, We're not going to fucking play this no. entirely. No, that ain't happening. Um, but I have had times where I've just sat and listened to this because obviously, again, I wasn't listening to ICP at the time. So uh, one of the things that I, if, if we go, because we have, we have discussed this, mm -hmm. that we might... And it, it's 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 a big might. Like yeah. we have not figured anything out. Like there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of money to the set weekend aside. before my birthday. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh shit. Um. So the thing is, is that there. I know there's a lot of shit that I would want to do with the gathering. I definitely want to go to the seminars. I definitely want to see like how candid they are. And how open about like you know this is what we can say about this and that and whatnot. Yeah. There's actually I was gonna I was gonna send it to you. Um, I know you're not on Instagram too much, nah. but there is a um, there's a, a profile on there that I've been paying attention to called Twisted History, mm -hmm. and they put up info on songs and all this stuff, and they're going in order. Um, so they're at 2003 right now, and they posted a lot of clips from Twisted Seminar from the gathering that year. And there's stuff that they were talking about that I didn't even know about. Oh. I was like, wow. Like, I, and I, again, I started listening to all this music in 2006. I have done my best to try and research a lot of stuff so that I don't seem super fucking dumb. But the fact that I can still learn some new shit, I think is cool. But I definitely like seeing, like, this is what they said at the seminar, you know, on this year. 
Mm-hmm. You know? And then, like, oh, well, did the project drop? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just... Because I know that people, like, get super hyped up. Also, at the seminars, they tend to give away shit there. Oh. Um, like, I think it was Gathering 08. They gave away... Um, uh, that they... Violent J was working on a solo record. And he was like, yeah, we're not... We're not going to put it out. <laughs> He's like... But we put enough copies on CDs for everybody here. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Jeez. And then six months later, they release it nationwide. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I always want to get that, uh, that, that, you know me, I'm about that exclusive life. Oh, yeah, I know. But I do want to see the seminars because I do like seeing, like, what they're going to talk about. They'll have the fans ask them questions and whatnot. Like, hey, what, you know, what's your thoughts on this? Or when's this going to drop? You know? Is Dead Body Man really a classic? <laughs> I will not drop this. Um, so the seminars, if for some reason we go, I will do my best to make sure that I see at least one of the seminars. Um, definitely ICPs. ICP did not even have a seminar last year. I'll probably try and catch tw- Twisteds. ICP didn't even have a seminar last year. Uh, they did a... Um, they performed... Oh, fuck. What was it? I almost want to say they performed Dog Beats or something like that. I don't remember what the fuck it is. They performed something, and it was just, like, super random. But they didn't actually have a seminar. Like, their mm-hmm. seminar time, they did that. And it was like... There were people that were super mad. They were like, no, we wanted info on shit. And then there's other people who, like, weren't there. It's like, why are you complaining? You just got to see this before. It's like, because we went to the seminar because they tell us stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, whatever. So yeah, again, this is 22 minutes long. We're not going to talk about that one. No. <laughs> now, that was the last track of the sampler. And we played that song oddities because it was just on, featured on another compilation. Uh, so what three tracks uh, would you keep from this? <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <sighs> but there was another compilation that Psychopathic released uh, in 2002 um, called Hatchet History. Um, and it basically just features a bunch of tracks from artists... Um, up to that point, some of the tracks I think weren't released at the time. Um, like I believe that the song Chaos Theory is on it, and oh. Chaos Theory had not dropped yet. Um, a lot of times it'll say like taken from blank or whatever, and then the ones like taken from the upcoming album, this. Um, funny enough that, um, that compilation features Toy Box, which is from Riddlebox. Oh. And I look forward to that being released. But what I'm curious about is how they were able to put Toy Box on there since it was a song that was owned by Jive. Oh. Like, they did not have rights to any of that stuff. So, I don't know. They probably were just like, eh, fuck it. You know, they <laughs> sue us. Fuck it. We don't have money. Look forward to the hit song, The Chaos Theory, off of Jump Stay's new album, coming soon in 1990s of 2000. <laughs> <laughs> 1990s of 2002. <laughs> 2002? Right, yeah. Whatever. So, um, but there is one original song on there. It's the first track on the album, um, and it's an original song by ICP. This is Insane Clown Posse's It's Time. For a little grip now, we've been rocking your ass. The future ain't scary, cause we got the past. Can't nothing ever take away the gatherings. You can take what's happening now, not what I'm 
rapping about. And I remember every holler wicked to a T. And every project going Mars, he's shaman, misery. And even though I don't remember your name from the gift store, swear to God I couldn't love you anymore. Did we mention the abyss in Virginia Beach and other stages so high the juggalos reach? And what about the rock and roll, the development, that crazy ass house club in Houston? Tell them with 20,000 websites, hotlines, and clubs. Gang bangers, crooks, nobodies, and scrubs. And every last juggle that turn me out. Thank you much, and I hope to see you on the next round. We know everybody hates on this world of ours. And if you learn one thing from the Joker cards, let it be that you're the shit in six different views. Diamond, any way you choose. And we love you. So, yeah, it's time to talk about it's time. What you think about this one, man? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's got a it's got a good riff to it, good beats and stuff. It, it it's it's got energy to it, and I mean, it's another um, it's another big time like you know th- shout out to to all the people who made it possible for us to do the thing that we're doing mm-hmm. track. And the, like I said, like whenever ICP does those, like those, those are ones that come off very genuine yes. and they're just really good usually. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the first time I heard this song. I think that it was, I think way back, uh, when I was a, a young, uh, Padawan juggalo, um, I think that it was on Fago Lovers or Juggalo News where they had a section of like quote unquote rare audio and it was stuff that you basically was very, very difficult to find, whether it was, like, on albums that were out of print or something like that. And you can still get this album, uh, I think they still sell copies on um, Psychopathic site, or you can find them on eBay or whatever, so it's not too hard to find. But this track was on there, and for some reason, like, I've always loved this song. Um, the trade-offs on it are really, really good. Like, it's pretty much, like, a fair, uh, an even amount of Jay and Shaggy. Yeah. Um, this is one of the few times where Jay doing a rock chorus really, really sounds good. It works pretty well. It uh, really works. Refresh me. When was this release? When was this song done? When was it made? This was released in 2002. Okay. Um, was it made well before that? Actually, you know what? Hold on a second. Let me double check. Because I don't know. I mean, like maybe it's not much of a shout out. Maybe it's just acknowledgement of like all of the stuff, but... They do give a shout-out to Mars on this. Yes. Well, remember, <laughs> uh, that dropped in 2001. Oh, it seems like it was so long after this. When did they When did they split? Uh, well, they left... They got rid of Mars uh, after their first performance at The Gathering in 2001. Okay, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, because like, in this track, in this very track... Yeah. <laughs> Every project born Mars, me shun the misery. Uh, yeah, this dropped in 2002, so I don't have an actual date in here. Yeah. Uh, it's probably on Wikipedia. This I'm looking at the good book, mind you, which the good book is going to be fucking pointless after our next episode. Retiring the good book. Um, good book. Unless we find a new good book. My, my Juggalo Bible. Um, <laughs> hey, Jay said that he was supposed to make another one. Really? Yeah, <laughs> but it has not happened. Um, so, yeah, I mean... You said it to you said it best. Like anytime that they do a song that's kind of like th- a thank you, um, they excel at it. I mean, we had it with Juggalo Family. Yep. Um, we had it with um, 
basically like down with the clown. Down with the clown. One of them. Yeah. Um, just anything that they're doing, where they're just saying, you know, we would not be here without your support. Yes, we do half the work. We, you know, put out the music. You liking it and expressing that support does, from the fans. Yeah, does everything else. I do want to bring up a thing from that seminar that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. He's talking about, whenever he's talking about, you know, specifically getting into the Wraith and stuff. Yes. And he says that it's not going to be for the people who like the wicked shit. It's not going to be for the people who like this or that. He says it's going to be what the Carnival wanted him to release. Right. And he says, after this drops, he says we stand by every lyric on yes. it. Yes. And fa- you are yeah. either with us <laughs> or, or against, against us. us. <laughs> yes. That, that is a big deal. Whenever, because he says... Like Shaggy and I stand by this record. Every single lyric is like says. this is this isn't for the rap juggalos, this isn't for the rock juggalos, this is what we felt had to be put out. Yep. And you know what? When you stand by that to that level, that's awesome. Depending yeah. on what you're standing by. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I've known some people to stand by some stuff pretty strongly. <laughs> right. But again, with this track. There's just something, there's nothing negative about this song. Like, they do not say necessarily one shitty thing, you know. They acknowledge, like, oh, things didn't pan out with these couple people or whatever. Yeah. But, like, briefly mentioning, like, I think, like, some of the shows that they've done or whatever. Um, he, uh, Jay at one point mentions, um, I want to tell you that I love all the letters. Got them hung up on the fridge and all up on the uh, garage wall. Yep. They actually have a uh, a wall at Psychopathic's offices that they call the Karma Wall. And it is just filled and filled and filled with pictures and uh, letters that were sent in by fans. Um, and I think that there was something where Jay had said, like, there's times where I'm ha- if I'm having shitty days, I go over and I look at that. And it helps me, like helps calm me down and, like, realize, like, this is what I do this for. Yeah. And that's just... Uh, the acknowledgement of that is good to have. so fucking awesome. Like, I love that. So, this song, like, it's one of those ones where I won't skip it if it comes on. It's a good... It's, just, it's, it's so a really good track. It's really good. And this is almost a song where it's like, man, they could have maybe put this at the end of this next album coming out. Um, and for some reason they didn't, so... I, I don't know. I do enjoy it a lot. It's it's a pretty solid ass track. Yeah, that's, that's that, those are the tracks that we had for this to prepare you for the sixth. Yes, Joker's card. That is exactly what we the did. Fucking wraith, Shangri La. That is another thing. He does bring it up in the seminar that it will be split into two halves. It's split in two halves. And he's, he says the thing now, about Hell's he, Pit. He said he said a couple things. A. uh the Ray Shangri La would drop on November 5th. He said a year later, Hell's Pit would drop. That didn't happen. Uh, he was uh, very cagey uh, about November 5th as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, many times he brought it up. He's like, unless some shit goes wrong with the record companies, yeah. <laughs> November 5th. Um, but he did point out that the Wraith was death. Um, and But I do like the fact that what's interesting is he talks about Hell's Pit and I feel like he already like knew about it, but I don't think they recorded it yet. Mm. Uh, at least it doesn't sound like it was recorded at the time. Or listening to it now, it doesn't sound like it was recorded at the same time as the Wraith. Yeah. But saying like, you know, 
about the content of it. Yes. Very, very interesting, and I'm, I'm just curious if he, like, maybe was saying it there to then set that standard for himself. Possibly. And, which is very, very, like, not wise if you're Violent J to do. I mean, it's the J classic. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I guess, I don't know. I, uh, I had fun, um, you know, thinking about this, uh, the the then to now, now is in two thousand two. Yes, um, it's, been a, it's been a good recap. Yeah, and uh, and then hearing some of these uh, these tracks, these random fucking tracks, mm-hmm. um, just to help kind of paint like what was also going on around then. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, so now, do we want to make a cut? Well, I was or... just gonna. I was gonna say a thing, and okay, I'm gonna I was gonna do it. Go ahead. So now. Uh, as we said, we, we asked y'all to send us in some some cues to A during this. Mm-hmm. And we got several. Yes, we did. We got a handful. We got one just today. We got one this fucking morning. Which was, which was with, lucky that we were recording later. With we several questions. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to do right now is take a short commercial break. And we'll be back in part two of our pre-race discussion, which will be released at the same time as the, uh, you know, this same thing as last week, last, last week, week, <laughs> with the pendulum. <laughs> you know Spoiling what I'm saying. y'all. <laughs> so, right. uh, we'll be back in just a moment. messages. The Joker's Wild is brought to you by... Everybody sing! Send your mama straight up to the snow. Tell that bitch to bring home a fake coat. 